Get your morning groove on right now with Boom's Big Brecky. That is right. But instead of Boom's Big Brecky, it's Boom Talks with me, Max, with you until 10 a.m. But until then, we're going to be talking about some interesting stuff. And of course, as always, this show is sponsored by Oxford Yard, like all of our breakfast shows here on Boom Radio. But this hour, we're going to be talking about the world's oldest dog. It, uh, the dog has unfortunately passed away at the age of 31, so we'll be talking about that. And another company has gone into liquidation, another construction company. It's, it seems like it's happening. It's a regular thing now. Also this hour, I've got an interview that I did yesterday with Sophie from Richmond Street Records, which is quite interesting and talking about Stream Fest, which is coming up next Tuesday on Halloween for Richmond Street Records. And also, homeowners, you could be in for a bit of trouble, that is for sure. But here is a bit of Prada, Casso, Ray and D-Block Europe for you here on Boom with Boom Talks. It's a party in the USA, that is party in the USA, Miley Cyrus for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. Now, unfortunately, as I might have told you a bit earlier, the world's oldest dog has passed away. Now, this was a record. This dog named Bobby, who is a purebred Raffiro de Alagento passed away at his home in Portugal on Saturday at the age of 31. Now, the sad news of the of Bobby's death was announced on social media by a vet who had met the extraordinary animal several times. And this vet wrote, despite outliving every dog in history, his 11,478 days on earth would never be enough for those who loved him. Now, Bobby became the world's oldest dog back in February of this year, and he was officially recognized by the Guinness World Record, eclipsing almost a century-old record for the latter accolade. Now, This pooch lived the entirety of his life with the Costa family in the village, in in a local village in Portugal. And the owner, Lionel Costa, felt that the calm, peaceful environment, as well as his diet of human food, was the key to Bobby's longevity. Now, the successor hasn't been named yet for the Guinness World Records oldest dog, but I'm sure it will go to a worthy recipient. That is for sure. But for now, here is a bit of adored Evie Lou for you here on Boom. And coming up, I'll be talking about another construction company that has gone into liquidation. That's coming up here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. Are you looking for a way to kickstart your day with a coffee shop that's truly one of a kind? Well, Oxford Yard is the place for you, where extraordinary service and staff meet with mouth-watering food to create an unforgettable experience right here in Perth. Conveniently located right next to North Metropolitan TAFE in Leederville on Oxford Street, they're your daily destination for everything you crave. They're open bright and early at 6.30am and they're here to serve you until 2.30pm, ensuring your day starts on the right note. Oxford Yard, proud sponsors of Boom's Big Breakfast. Here was home, Groogies for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. Now, another construction company has gone into liquidation. This time, it is NPM Group, which stands for National Projects and Maintenance. And it was behind 40,000 
45,000 projects. They did that over six states and territories, including right here in WA. Now, the major national building company has got more than 100 full-time employees. And the company was responsible for commercial fit-outs, construction, minor work and maintenance and had 10 subsidiary companies under its banner operating under different trading names. So we've got to ask this question now. Does the system need to be changed or not? Because it's getting, there's a lot more that it, a lot more companies that are going to go under and it's getting pretty scary now, I think. So do we need to change the system or is it too late to change it? Let me know what you think on 944 or on the text line 0448769964. It's getting scary out there for construction with homes not being finished and all sorts of other stuff. Let me know what you think. But coming up next, I will be doing an interview with Sophie from Richmond Street Records. But for now... Here is uh, I Remember Everything, Zach Bryan and Casey Musgraves for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. I Remember Everything, Zach Bryan and Casey Musgraves for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. And I'm joined, as always, by a very special guest on a Wednesday morning. Oh, and you. it is Talon Elkington. <coughs> Talon, what is in the headlines that we can expect at 8 o'clock? So I've got the latest in the um, Israel-Palestine conflict. Uh, yep. Some more aircraft is being sent over by the Australian Defence Force. We're getting more into that one at the top of the hour. However, also seen some good news. The um, firefighters have successfully contained the bushfires at Kings Park, which um, happened yesterday. And they have urged anybody with information about a potential act of arson to come forward and have put a reward of up to 25,000 Australian dollars on the table as well. And what else in the sporting world have in you the got sports, for us? Um, bit of a scare with our batting order in the uh, Cricket World Cup. Steve Smith did come out of the um, training session with an injury which was left in the hands of the medical staff. Um, it, w- it looks as if um, pace bowler Sean Abbott did a delivery which struck him in the arm, which also drew blood. And while it's still likely he is going to be included in the lineup against the Netherlands at 4.30pm this afternoon, there's some whispers that Travis Head could potentially play in his place. Okay, so we have to wait for that at 4.30 our time this afternoon. That's the first ball. The lineup will come a bit before that one. Usually about just over an hour or so. Okay, so we have to wait until 3.30 to find out. Just the afternoon, I think. Can't give an exact time. No problem. Well, thank you very much for that. And you'll be back in at 8 o'clock for the news headlines at the top of the hour. Awesome. Thank you so much, Talon. Coming up next is my interview with Sophie. That's in a little bit here on Boom. Jukebox hero foreigner for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. Now... Earlier this week, I interviewed Sophie from Richmond Street Records, and, you know, it was amazing to just sit down and have a chat with her about her life, her career as an artist, and what it's like to be here at TAFE in Leaderville. So, Sophie, welcome to the show. Hello, Max. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Now, tell me, how did you get into music, and, you know, who got you into it? Was it your parents, or...? 
So it's quite a long story, but I'll condense it a little bit for you guys. So um, I first got into music at primary school. So um, our music class was ho holding a um, classical guitar program. And I've always wanted to learn the guitar when I was a little 10 year old. And so I asked my teacher if I could try out for the classical guitar program. And she said, of course. So I did some auditions and I got in and I learnt with a variety of amazing tutors and um, I fell in love with it. And then fast forward a few years later, I came to North Metro TAFE Leaderville in 2020 to do the advanced diploma, no, sorry, the normal diploma of music and I met some amazing lecturers, amazing lifelong friends, and expanded my classical guitar skills further into what I do today. This year, I'm doing music business, so I wanted to learn how to use the skills that I've gained to promote myself out there in the music industry and manage myself. That's fantastic. Now, obviously, to you know, help you in your progression to becoming an artist, who inspired you like when you were listening to their music it was there any artists in particular definitely so um I was really inspired um by the guitarist Mason Williams um you may know him for um the song classical gas mm. I was really inspired by that particular song one day in my music class in high school and that particular song got onto commercial radio in the 60s and um, I wanted to bring my own classical guitar stuff um, to more mainstream audiences. And um, that's what's really inspired me to take this on. And for you as an artist, obviously you would have your ups, your downs, and you know, obviously you would enjoy all of it no matter what. Yep. But what has been your biggest learning curve so far, do you think? Well... There's actually been several. So um, one major learning curve was um, getting the confidence to perform in front of a wide variety of people in a different range of venues, especially pubs late at night. When I was a teenager starting to perform in pubs for the very first time, when I first came to Leaderville TAFE, like I was so nervous because I was worried how the crowd was gonna react I was worried if my music was going to fit. Fitting in was another part into the overall music industry today mm. um, was another big learning curve as well. And I've had to pivot my own music genre into um, acoustic gigs, um, indie folk stuff as well. So I've been pivoting my own nylon guitar genre into different places that um, have that as part of their umbrella. How do you feel about pivoting yourself? Has that sort of been a challenge for you or have you looked at it and went, it's something I've had to do to sort of fit in? Um, I actually like it because it gives me the chance to collaborate with other artists as well. I've had the pleasure of collaborating on gigs with Oceanique, um, Silver Aura and a variety of other Perth artists as well, including the Stamps, at a um, 
acoustic nights, um, such as Leadville Songwriters Club at Vinyl Cafe. Mm. Um, so just going back to venues that you were talking about earlier, with obviously we would have seen in the news a whole bunch of venues are unfortunately closing in Perth. How does that impact you as an artist and how do you feel? It's a massive bummer, actually, um, because, for example, the iconic Badlands is now shutting down soon mm. and I've performed there twice and... I don't know, that venue has a particular special place in my heart because I've performed two grad graduation night gigs there. And another thing, another venue that's shut down that has a special place in my heart is um, Sewing Room. I played on Silver Aura's single launch. Wow. And um, that shut down at the start of this year, I believe. And it is very saddening that venues are shutting down as a whole like everyone in the music industry I know um is quite sad about it at the moment but there's also the chance um for venues for new venues to pop up and to make new memories mm. at different venues that that is for sure and continuing with venues what would be the one venue you would like to play at anywhere in the world oh. if you had the chance <laughs> oh man there's just there's just so many different venues in my mind. I mean, um, this can include stadiums or arenas. Just, just one, if you if someone offered it to you. <laughs> well, um, in Perth, my dream venue to play at would probably be um, Four Five Nine Bar. It's just got such a cozy vibe, and um, another cool venue I'd love to perform at would be Royal Albert Hall as well in England. That'd be mm. so cool. I've actually been there. It is quite a beautiful place inside and out as well. I did a tour of it when I was over there uh, a few years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, that is a beautiful venue if you could play in there. Yeah. And what's it like? Obviously, we're doing this for Streamfest, but what is it like to be a part of it? You know, how do you feel? Well, I've actually, I actually feel really honoured and blessed to be able to be given this opportunity by my classmates in the Richmond Street Records class because um, I've been here for quite a while now and I kind of see myself as like a mentor for the younger, well, not younger, but like for the people coming into the performance diplomas for the first time. Mm. And um, I just want to use this opportunity um, as a chance to mentor them and help them with my previous experience gig gigging in the industry and doing their course beforehand um, to help them out and um, as well just perform, you know, showcase myself as an artist as well as a music business person as well. Where can we find you on socials? So you can find me at Sophie LeClaire Music on my Facebook page. Era, the fame for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. Now, it is quarter to eight and, well, let me just say this. If you're a homeowner right now, this isn't the news you'd want to be hearing. That is for sure. So now, the new Reserve Bank Governor, Michelle Bullock, is warning she will not hesitate to increase, again, the cash rate for homeowners 
if inflation is not brought under control. Now, this is all because obviously we saw during the pandemic that, you know, inflation uh, interest rates went down to 0.1 of a percent at its lowest ever. And then they were there for too long to now rapidly try and bring them back up to control inflation. It's becoming very hard. Now, the grim sentiment, as she admits, is that for the funds of low-income households have been hit twice as hard as those with a high income. So this is obviously not good if you're a low-income earner trying to pay off your mortgage on a house that you've bought. But she offset that by saying low-income households and renters continue to be better off than they were two years ago despite soaring interest rates and continued cost of living crunches. So, I mean, that that's pretty good news, I think, actually, overall. You know, if you can still beat what you had, you know, two, 18 months ago, two years, and still be better off but still facing you know what is possibly the worst crisis we have ever seen in the history of this country maybe i'm i'm not too sure but you know for now it seems like overall we're getting pretty good uh miss bullock then detailed that the painful inflation squeeze had faced most acutely by highly indebted household borrowers who have been who have seen the cost of repayments surge as the central bank delivers its punishing round of rate rises. So I want to put forward to you a question on this. Do you think that inflation is now just out of control? Do you think that we can no longer do anything about it and it's just way too late to sort of try and bring it back together in one piece? Or... Is Michelle Bullock, the new RBA Reserve Bank governor, is she going to try and really, really try and bring it under control so that we don't have to worry about this at all? Let me know what you think on 944322236 or on the phone on the text lines at 0448769964. I mean, it's a bit of a uphill climb to be able to do that but I am sure Michelle Bullock is more than ready for the task to do that that is for sure now in a little bit the news will be here at 8 a.m so stick around for that you'll have the latest on what's happening in the Middle East with Hamas and Israel and also the bushfires that were in Kings Park yesterday which was pretty surprising and also the latest in sport traffic and weather so make sure you stick around for that one that's all here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning Taking a look at your roads, the southbound of Leach Highway prior to Albany Road is host to a breakdown with the vehicle being in the left emergency lane. As of now, no traffic delays in the area, but continue to drive with caution. The northbound of Tonkin Highway just after a Berthany Road in the Qdale area is also host to a breakdown. The vehicle is currently in the left emergency lane and no traffic delays as things stand, but drive with caution as the vehicle is on a bend. Row Highway eastbound just before the Kenwith link in Gosnells is the location of a crash with the vehicles involved in the right emergency lane and towing services also on site. Traffic is currently slow on approach back past Nicholson Road, also in conjunction with peak traffic ongoing. 
you see anything, let us know at 944-3236 and make sure to drive safely. Good morning, I'm Talon Elkington with your Boom Radio News Update. Proudly supported by Splitting Bean Cafe Leadable. The Australian Defence Force personnel and aircraft are now expected to head to the Middle East as Israel's anticipated group invasion of Gaza begins to become more likely. Acting Prime Minister Richard Miles says that the government had sent an additional two military aircraft to the region, which makes the total of Australian aircraft in the region three. The deployed aircraft consists of the C-17 Globe Master Transport Craft and the KC-30 Air Refueler, which can also carry passengers. More to come. Firefighters have successfully contained the bushfires which sparked in Kings Park yesterday, which posed a threat to people in the surrounding area and their homes. Emergency services on Tuesday afternoon previously warned people in the park and around the park they need to leave the area immediately. Majority of the park has now been reopened to members of the public and police have urged anyone with information about a potential act of arson to come forward and have put rewards of up to 25,000 Australian dollars on the table. Guitarist of 90s bands, Massive Attack, Angelo Bruschini has sadly passed away after a battle with lung cancer. The news was announced by his wife Jessica Merritt on Facebook and a post from the band on Twitter X is also available for viewing. Machini was best remembered for having his sound included on the 1998 album Mezzanine, which included hits such as Teardrop and Angel. Residents of regional Perth town Gurmaling were treated to the sight of a very rare rainbow yesterday morning, with what appears to be a rainbow in cloud form. These clouds are better known as iridescent clouds and are caused when small water droplets or small ice crystals scatter the sun's light through a process called diffraction. A local of the farming community, which is 130 kilometres northwest of Perth, has told ABC News that she was in awe and that the sights were beautiful. Onto the sport, Australian batter Steve Smith has left a practice session with an injury scare after a cruel blow. Smith was left in the hands of the medical staff with an injury that appears to have impacted his right arm, which resulted in blood being drawn. Despite making a return to the Nets, whispers are surfacing that Smith could miss this afternoon's match against Leatherlands at 4.30pm Australian Western Time in place of Travis Head. Rugby League star who recently came under fire for a social media post, Valentine Holmes, has been recalled by the Australia Kangaroos after missing the opening game of the Pacific Championships due to a one-game suspension for a social media post which displayed him with a beverage and a bag of white powder. The recall comes at a handy time with our Kangaroos taking on highly rated New Zealand this weekend. 2022 Dalian medalist Nico Hines and Brisbane Broncos standout Tom Flegler are also anticipated to make their international debuts. On to the weather. It's currently 18 degrees and sunny in Perth. A high of 33 is expected in the afternoon at about 3pm, so be sure to slip slop slap if you're headed out to the beach later today. Update on Boom Radio, passing you back over now to Boom Talks with Max. We're back with more fun right here on Boom's Big Brekkie. Brought to you by Oxford Yard. 
That is right. It is more of Boom Talks with me, Max, taking you until 10 a.m., where from there you will have your workday programming. But until then, this hour coming up, we're going to be talking about some interesting things. I've got an interview live with Electoral Commissioner Robert Kennedy talking about the local government elections that happened over the weekend. Also, we're also going to be talking about Paddington in Peru, the third movie of the Paddington franchise, has been announced and they have announced a date. It is coming to a cinema near you. And also a Victorian MP has been kicked out of the Victorian Labour Party after some pretty frightening allegations. And we all love Tom Cruise, don't we? Well, you may have to wait just a little bit longer to see him in cinemas again, and I'll tell you why. After a little bit of Confident by Demi Lovato for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. Can't hold us, Macklemore, for you here on Boom Radio with Boom Talks. Now, Paddington, we all love the films. I know I've loved the two that have come out already. But the third one is officially being released, and it's called Paddington in Peru, and it's heading to cinemas November 8th, 2024. And then that's in the UK, and then more than two months ahead of the US when it will hit January 17th, 2025 so it's a long time for the United States until it comes out but Studio Canal the the studio that produces these films announced it via X or formerly known as Twitter that with the exciting news saying how marvellous they also said we can finally reveal that Paddington Bear's latest feature film Paddington in Peru will be coming to the big screen November 8th 2024 so let me tell you, are you wanting to wait a l- nearly two years until it comes out? Or are you ready to hold on for one year, November 8th next year, and maybe fly to the UK to watch it? Who knows? I know I'm looking forward to it. They posted this news via a 14-second clip of Paddington wiping marmalade off the screen to reveal the UK release date of the movie. So let me know on the phone and text lines at 944-32236. Are you excited about this news or not? Or you can text it in on at 0448-769-964. It seems like something pretty, pretty cool. So make sure you look out for that one with more news should be coming out very, very soon. But coming up next is we've got headlines. And then after that, I've got my live interview with Electoral Commissioner Robert Kennedy talking about the local government elections that happened last weekend, because there I'm going to ask him if there are still results yet to be declared, because there is still a lot to be you know finalized. So it's going to be pretty interesting on what he says but that is after a bit of nobody could ever love you by laurie cave here on boom talks for your wednesday morning nobody could ever love you laurie cave for you here on boom talks for your wednesday morning now once again a little bit early i will be honest with you but i'm once again joined by a very very special guest by the name of talon elkington and talon what is in the headlines at nine o'clock Another busy 9 o'clock headlines on the cards. Um, Residents of the regional town about 130 kilometres northwest of Perth, Goomaling, excuse me if I didn't get that one pronounced correctly, I they were treated to a very rare rainbow 
as well. Um, it appeared to what be... What type of rainbow? So, it appeared to be in, like, cloud form, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they're better known as iridescent clouds. And they're caused when small water droplets or small ice crystals scatter the sun's light through a process which is called diffraction as well. Um, Seems pretty... Yes. That would have been amazing to see, actually. Yeah, look, I... I was trying to find how often they arise, at least in Australia. Couldn't find it anywhere, but from the sounds of it, it doesn't happen every day. Mm. Um, Obviously, you have to be—you have to see it for yourself to believe it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I don't plan on a trip up there anytime <laughs> to try and soon. see it again. Yeah, I don't know when it's going to come again, even for that matter. But by the sounds of it, again, it sounds very, very rare. Um, mm. Also, the um. Fi- some very good firefighters in Perth yesterday have contained the fires which broke out in Kings Park yesterday, struck some fear into Perth locals there. A majority of the park is now reopened to the members of the public and police have also urged members to come forward if they've got any information about a potential act of arson. Up to 25000 Australian dollars is being put on the table as well. Also, just quickly, I've just got a photo of this rainbow that you were talking about. It looks pretty amazing, doesn't it, right there? It does. It looks awesome, that so, one. Wow, that would have been a sight to see. Yeah. And in sport, now I heard, is it Mitch Marsh that's got, that had an injury during training? That no, luckily not. That would not be ideal, but still not ideal, this one. Steve Smith. That's who I thought. It was one of those two. Yeah, so, so he's got an injury, but they're not too sure if he's able to play. Is that right? Yeah, so he's expected to. However, some whispers have just emerged that he might not play. Um, Travis Head would be the likely replacement for him, but it appears Steve Smith was in the nets getting a delivery from pace bowler Sean Abbott, which struck him in the arm and drew some blood as well. Steve Smith was put in the hands of the team doctors. He did make a return to the training session. However, of course, um, playing the Netherlands this afternoon, you'd expect a win there. It could be the kind of game that they would rest someone like Steve Smith in place for Travis Head, who still is also a more than capable batter has, and has proven in the past that he can be a reliable replacement mm. for the Aussies. That is for sure. Well, thank you, Talon, for that. I look forward to seeing what else is in the headlines at 9 o'clock. But for now, I will be back with my interview live here with Electoral Commissioner Robert Kennedy talking about the local government elections that happened over the weekend. That's coming up here on Boom Talks. Are you ready to elevate your dining experience? Well, look no further than Princey the Butcher, your neighbourhood meat destination. At Princey's, this Italian family-owned business is passionate about quality. Princey hand-selects the finest cuts of meat, ensuring unparalleled freshness and flavour for your table. The steaks from Princey the Butcher are simply unbeatable, perfect for your next barbecue. And don't forget our homemade sausages and exquisite recipes. Trust them, they've only been doing it for 45 years. Visit Princey the Butcher today and taste the difference for yourself. Located at 527 Fitzgerald Street, North Perth, where quality meets flavour. Princey the Butcher, a proud sponsor of Boom Radio, not just noise. Better Man by Pearl Jam for you here on Boom Radio for your Wednesday morning. Now I'm joined live by Electoral Commissioner Robert Kennedy. Commissioner, welcome to the show. Hi Max, nice to be with you. Uh, Now, let me start off. 
The local government elections happened last Saturday and so far the only two results I know of that have been declared are Basil Zemplis, the Lord Mayor of the City of Perth and a councillor from Joondalup. Has there been any more results that have been declared so far or not yet? Yes, absolutely. We pretty much have uh, wrapped up most of the elections. Uh, as of this morning, I believe the only two outstanding ones were a couple in Mandra and uh, the entire city of Swan. Okay, so is that the only two that are left? When do you think that are, they're going to be declared by? I expect they'll be finished today. There's just there have been a few hiccups at Swan that uh, caused a counting to commence once again but uh, I'm told this morning that uh, we should have all that wrapped up uh, by the close of business tonight and uh, Mandra I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, is ready to go this morning. Okay so now looking at the results so far that you've seen do you think there's been a change in them or some form of a trend or not? Uh, look, I, I don't study the results that closely in terms of uh, who changes positions or who's elected and that sort of thing. Uh, but th from what I've seen in the media reporting, uh, there seems to have been a bit of a change in a couple of, uh, well, more than a couple of uh, districts uh, across the state, particularly where they've been long-serving mayors and uh, they've been replaced by a new mayor. Uh, that may partly be due to the introduction of optional preferential voting for the first time so, and uh, at this election. So that was introduced at this election. I want to touch on that a bit later. But yeah. was the turnout for this election, do you think, all right for it? Or do you think it was a little bit poor? Look, it's an improvement on uh, our usual turnout. Uh, the average in 2021, when we last ran these elections across the state, was around 30%. We've bumped that up by around 2%. So they're not compulsory local government elections. So I can't expect, you know, a, a really high attendance unless we get the community right into local government, um, um, which we'd love to do. Uh, but a lot of people just uh, don't seem to be that interested in the decisions that are made at a local government level. And that's a bit disappointing. Why do you think they're not interested? Is it because they're sick of hearing about government or is it due to other reasons, do you think? Yeah, look, I, I think a lot of people have that attitude of, uh, you know, it doesn't affect me or I, my vote won't count, you know, I'm only one person, that sort of thing. But uh, it, it's even more important for local government, because it's not compulsory, uh, that you do get involved and, and cast a vote every two years. Because uh, otherwise, if you're not casting the vote, then the decision makers are being chosen by a, a smaller part of our of, of your local community and uh, you can be a, a part of that as well. So you touched on earlier about the optional preferential voting which was introduced at this local government election. Did that change the turnout for people or not? I don't know that that itself may have changed the uh, the turnout, although you know there's, there's no real way of uh, working that out unless we were to survey uh, a lot of electors and find out whether that was a factor or not. Um, I think it has been well received by those people uh, voting because they get to express their preference. The, the uh, previous system we used was the what's called the first past the post, which is simply the person with the highest number of votes wins. Uh, mm. This time you had to achieve 50% uh, of all the votes that were cast plus one extra vote to win. And so that meant in many cases that the counting had to go down to people's second preferences or third preferences on their ballot paper. So a, a bit more of a democratic uh, process did mean that 
counting took a bit longer and some of the results were a bit delayed. But uh, I think overall it was well received. And the the system, the optional preferential, is very is the same system that we use for the state and federal elections, isn't it? Where it's by numbers. Correct. It's very similar to uh, how you mark your ballot paper for state and federal. So you, you need to um, mark your ballot paper with numbers from one through to however many candidates there are. Under optional, though, you, you, if you simply want to mark one uh, box with a number one and leave all the other boxes empty. Uh, then you can do that, which is a little bit different to the state when you vote in the lower house and the uh, federal when you vote in the lower house, you are required to mark every single box on the ballot paper. So going back on what you said earlier about it not the local government elections not being mandatory, do you think it should be? And if so, why? Oh, look, uh, that's really a decision for government. Uh, you know, we uh, simply enact whatever electoral laws we are given but uh, generally speaking, uh, a couple of jurisdictions on the East Coast uh, have a compulsory voting for local government. And one of the, uh, I guess, side effects of that that they have seen is that the political parties tend to move into local government uh, and it becomes a little more organised. Uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate that local government elections in WA is really about grassroots democracy. It has a... Um, I guess, two-sided uh, a benefit and a, and a loss uh, from that perspective in that uh, we really do get a range of wonderful candidates, uh, but we also get some interesting candidates. Um, and the, uh, shall I say, the tension sometimes gets a bit uh, silly, I think, uh, yeah. for some of the uh, contests at local government, which we don't see at the state because the parties have control over their candidates. So it's kind of a trade-off, I guess, if you want... A real grassroots democracy with individuals fighting it out against individuals in an electoral contest of ideas, uh, rather than the parties sort of telling everyone what what their options are. Is this what makes us unique then compared to the eastern states? Yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, I, I hear stories that uh, some candidates are backed by polit political parties at local government level in WA, but. Uh, and, and that may be the case, I don't know. But um, I think overall uh, it is, uh, you know, a much uh, less political environment and, and that certainly makes us unique from local government elections in New South Wales and Queensland, for sure. Uh, my final question before I let you go and thank you for joining me. What steps do you think we could take to improve the amount of people that are voting or do you think it's just all too hard to do that? Or is it left up no, to government, do you think? Yeah, I, I think uh, basically uh, you've just got to keep working away at people and make them realise. I think a lot of people don't realise uh, that how local government impacts on them in their daily life, particularly a lot of young people uh, who might be at TAFE or at uni uh, or, or in the workforce for the first time. They're sort of busy sorting out their lives and getting study done and that sort of thing. And the last thing they want to think about is, is voting. But... Uh, it's really important because everything you do around you is impacted by local government. You know, whether it's the, the footpath outside your house or the rubbish bin they collect each week or the uh, festivals and, and those sorts of things that local governments organise, it really does impact on, on everyone. And if you're not having your say, as I said earlier, then you're really leaving it up to, uh, you know, around 30% uh, of your community are having a say on what happens in your local community, whereas if you want to influence that, that figure should be closer to 100.
Mm. Well, Commissioner, thank you so much for joining me this morning and I'll let you go and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, Max. Thanks for the opportunity. You're welcome. Now, this is Sam Smith and Figure It Out for you here on Boom Talks. Figure it out, Sam Allen for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. Now, I think I made a mistake earlier when I accidentally said Sam Smith. I do apologise for that. I am very sorry. But we are moving on from that and we are talking about a Victorian MP that has been kicked out of the Parliamentary Labour Party in Victoria for some very serious sort of allegations. Now, the former Ringwood MP, Will Fowles, was stood down way back in August August, after the office of the then Premier Daniel Andrews had received information from a government employee about an alleged serious assault by the disgraced politician. Now, the Victorian police spokesman confirmed yesterday that the sexual crime squad detectives had executed a warrant at a Ringwood address on October the 12th as a part of an ongoing investigation into an incident in the Melbourne CBD. So... What do you think should happen now? And do you think that politicians, for when they have when they when they're alleged, not really convicted, but alleged for crimes like these, do you think that they should be but be more harshly penalised for it? Really, is what I'm trying to say. Let me know what you think on nine double four three double two three six or on the text line at zero double four eight seven six nine nine six four. Let me know what you think. It seems pretty, pretty serious, this sort of stuff. So I'd love to hear from you and hear what you say as well. But coming up in a little bit, the mission to try and get Mission Impossible back into the cinemas is seeming more impossible than the film would say. That's coming up in a bit here on Boom Talks. Sexy back, Justin Timberlake for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. I'm Max with you until 10am. The time is now 10 minutes to 9. And just quickly before we head off into the news, I want to talk about Mission Impossible. Now we all know the famous franchise that is one of the biggest in the world obviously stars Tom Cruise doing his own stunts, which we all love to see. I know I loved this most recent one. But the eighth film in the franchise is now... It was set to release next year in June, but it's now going to be released in 2025, in May of 2025. Now, it's reported that the film will also undergo a movie change. It was supposed to be named Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2, but that is not going to happen anymore. However, the picture is still expected to directly follow the events of Part 1, and the movie had been in production this year, but shut down to allow cast to promote the first instalment over the summer. However, cameras remained off as the Hollywood actors' strike started in July, meaning the cast could not get back to work on the film. So, I mean, this strike has really affected everything. I mean, it's been absolutely terrible. It's affected films, movies, TV series, films, TV series, you name it, it's affected it. Late night shows even. It's even affected the late night shows in the US, which have now just started to happen again very recently. But let me know what you think. Are you a bit disappointed in this? Were you looking forward to seeing it in the cinemas? Let me know at 944 or 
on the text line at 0448769964. So, you're going to have to wait until May 2025. I know I'm a bit upset. I was really looking forward to it after I saw the first one recently. So, what are you going to do now? You're going to have to slowly, over the over next year, watch all of them maybe every couple of months or so, so you can get over it and then start to watch the next one and then, you know, be prepared because I think you're going to have to be prepared to watch the next one, but it doesn't matter anyway. Just around the corner is the news with Talon where he'll take you through the latest of everything, so make sure you listen to that one if you want to know the latest in your weather and traffic, that is for sure, to help you get around Perth this morning. But for now, here is a bit of... Surf Shop Cops Bit of a tongue twister that one With nothing is alright for you here On Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning We're back with more fun Right here on Boom's Big Brekkie Brought to you by Oxford Yard That is right We are back with Boom Talks For the final hour of this massive, massive show. It's been a good show so far. I've enjoyed it. Hopefully you have as well. But this hour we're going to be talking about, you might have heard it in the news, the guitarist from the iconic 90s band Massive Attack had has passed away after a battle with lung cancer. And we may all know this, but the famous home that you would always go and see at Christmas in Meadow Springs has unfortunately closed its doors to the public for good we'll be talking about that and you too they have extended their residency at the las vegas sphere so i'll be talking about that one and last but not least you might have seen this around but noise complaints from just three neighbors has forced perth's leading independent cinema operators to bow out of this year's camelot outdoor cinema so i'll be talking about that one as well but that's all after a bit of wings by jonas brothers for you here on boom talks for your wednesday morning replay ayaz for you here on boom talks for your wednesday morning and now the guitarist from the iconic 90s band massive attack has unfortunately passed away with a rare form of lung cancer Angelo Bruschini joined the band in the 90s and he played in several other bands and also produced the alternative rock band Strange Love's 1997 album. A post from the from Massive Tack on X, formerly known as Twitter, read, A singularly brilliant and eccentric talent, impossible to quantify your contribution to the Massive Attack canon. How lucky we were to share such a life together. The musician had a unique style while playing with the Atmospheric Dance Music Collective, alongside Robert Delnaja, Adrian Thors, and Grant Marshall, also known as Daddy G. So, rest in peace... Angelo Bruschini, that is for sure. He will be missed. But for now, coming up in a little bit after a little bit of The Little Things by Sharon Natoli, I will be talking about a Christmas, what could you call it, staple that is no longer around. That's coming up in a bit here on Boom Talks after Sharon Natoli, The Little Things. 
the little things. Yaron Natoli for you here on Boom for your Wednesday morning. The time is now 9.15. And Christmas coming up very soon, obviously, as we all know. But the iconic Meadow Springs Christmas house that we've all known for years is officially closing their doors for good at court due to the owners having some health problems. Now, Mary Krantz Wardropper and Alan Wardropper won't open their homes to the masses this year. For more than a decade, the pair have welcomed thousands of people inside their home to see their Christmas decorations. And Mary, she would have started decorating the house by now. And not even the toilets were left bare. I mean, the whole house would was would be decorated. You know, it would. It, I've ne- I never went to it, unfortunately. I think I might regret that. But you know, it, it did look amazing from photos I saw. But they put out a post saying, unfortunately, due to health problems and my age creeping up faster than expected, the Meadow Springs Christmas House will not be opening this year. Over the last 10 years, we have shared our home, showing decorations collected over some 50 years with the people of Mandurah, plus many other visitors from far and wide. So, are you going to miss this one this year? What are you going to be able to do to fill up your time? You, You need to think of something else now. So, let me know. On the phone and text lines, what are you going to do? Let me know on 944-3236 or 0448-769-964. Let me know what you're going to do instead because it's going to be tricky without it. So you've got to have a plan. You always need a plan because if you don't have one, something, something just could go wrong and you never know. You just could be making a mistake or something, but let me know what you're going to do. I'll be back in a little bit after some some songs to talk about you two. The Irish Rockers have extended their residency at the Las Vegas Sphere in Las Vegas. So I'll talk all about that here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. Hey, Old Mervs for you here on Boom. That's a new local one by the band Old Mervs. And now you two, the one of, you know, the best bands in the world, up there, in my opinion, with just an equally better band, maybe. I mean, it's up to you if you want to, you know, say debate that or whatever else, but they are certainly up there with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band and also Pearl Jam in terms of just how cool they are and also their songs. They're just, you know, amazing as always. And so now, you two have started playing a residency at the Las Vegas Sphere, which began not too long ago, but it's become so popular that they've had to extend it. So now they've added another 11 concerts between January 26th and February 18th next year. Now, the Irish Rockers have been performing their 1991 album, Achtung Baby, in full, alongside some fan favourites at concerts in the Las Vegas sphere. So you might hear songs say like... Beautiful day, that might be one you're hearing now. 
It's the current run of concerts is due to end on December the 16th and the pre-sale for the new one begins on October the 25th. It's already started and general sale tickets will go on sale from today. So make sure you check that one out for sure. But for now, here is a little bit of tension. The new one by Kylie Minogue for you here on Boom Talks. And coming up, I'll be talking about noise complaints that has forced some neighbours, uh, a, a movie theatre company, to stop showing local films in a cinema. I'll talk about that in a bit. Looking for some much-needed alone time for a movie night? Or perhaps eager to catch up with friends over a film? Look no further than Reading Cinemas, with a fantastic selection of both blockbuster hits and upcoming talent from Western Australia's film scene, Reading Cinemas has got you covered. Plus, they offer student-friendly prices and a delicious variety of snacks to keep you and your friends satisfied throughout the show. Don't wait any longer, whether you're in Belmont, Armadale, or the new cinema in Bustleton. Head on over to Reading Cinemas and grab your popcorn. And remember, Reading Cinemas is a proud sponsor of Boom Radio, because it's not just noise, it's entertainment at its best. Windsurfer Roy Orbison for you here on Boom Talks for your Wednesday morning. Now, the local cinema in Mosman Park, Camelot Outdoor Cinema, has closed due to three neighbours complaining about noise. And this has forced Lunar Cinemas to pull out of this year's movie season. Now, this has come after 23 seasons of showing movies. I know as a resident of Mosman Park, I always used to go and I loved it to be able to see films that you know wanted to see in the cinemas but you didn't have time for so you'd wait until you'd see they'd come out at Camelot you'd check the little roster and you'd go oh, I want to see that one so you made sure to free up your time and go with a couple of friends to go and see it so in a statement Luna Palace said Luna Palace Cinemas said they were very sad to not be returning for what would have been their 23rd season at Mosman Park's Memorial Hall but hoped they would be able to find a working solution to return next summer. They went on to say, due to the noise restrictions implemented in the area, we're unable to show to screen our films at a reasonable volume and deliver the quality viewing experience that our customers have come to expect and deserve. So, now, are you upset by this or not? Let me know on the phone and text lines at 944-32236 or 0448-769-964. I know as a resident of Mosman Park, I am very, very upset by it because I don't know what I'm going to do now for Christmas. Christmas Day, or Christmas Eve actually, I should say. I always used to go there and watch Love Actually. It was a tradition, so I don't know what I'm going to do now. I might have to start watching it at home don't think it's going to be the same but it doesn't matter but right now is time to cry by mia june for you here on boom talks for your wednesday morning time to cry mia june for you here on boom talks for your wednesday morning now just quickly i mean victoria has not had a good run with mps that is for sure a retired victorian mp who has been falsely claimed more than $170,000 in administrative expenses will spend at least a year behind bars. Now, Russell Thorne, who is 57, was the independent member for Morwell in the state's east in 2020 when the Independent Broad-Based Anti-Corruption Commission, or IBAC, began investigating his conduct. Now, North was 
required to have his finances independently ordered so that Victorian Electoral Commission knew how much money was being used for actual expenses and what he needed and what needed to be paid back. Now, after two investigations in 2018 and 19, investigators found North gave his order to false receipts and bank statements claiming he had paid for administrative assistance through a labour hire firm, bought a new printer and paid $1,300 per month in office rent. The auditor signed off on the on his claims, believing they were legitimate. Now, in the end, North claimed $192,863.40 in expenses across two years, with $175,813.40 being falsely made. So, what's this going to mean? Who knows, but hopefully he gets found of something... But I will be back in a little bit to sort of, or well, let's just say, a farewell to put it, you know. So make sure you stick around for that one. But, you know, right now is Atomic City, the new one by you 2 I was talking about them earlier. They've started the, their Las Vegas residency and are continuing it. So here it is, Atomic City. U2 for you here on Boom Talks. Atomic City U2 for you, their new one here on Boom Radio with Boom Talks. My name is Max. It is nearly 10 o'clock and it is nearly time for me to get out of here so you can listen to the rest of the day with Boom and enjoy what is coming up here on your workday and especially when it comes to your drive home because as you all know, Boom's drive home is a favourite of all the listeners, so you got to know you got to listen to it because if not, well, you're not just you're not listening to Boom Radio. Then you're just listening to, you know, oh, I, I don't know, but that is for sure. Coming up though for your morning workdays, Bryzer followed by Odin, and then Taylor and Jev will be taking you on your drive home from 4 p.m. So make sure you stick around for that one. But for now, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you've enjoyed the show. And as always, if you want to listen back to the show, make sure you can on the Boom Radio podcasts on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find the interviews from today's show as well there. So make sure you go and check it out. But that's all from me. And bye. That's the end of Boom's Big Brekkie. Stick around for the workday.